the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. This is a new day. This is a new year. This, my brothers and sisters, is a new opportunity to worship and praise the Lord our God in the spirit of beauty and holiness. For God is great, and he is so greatly to be praised. Wherever you are, we invite you to worship the Lord with us. We invite you to also share this with your neighbor and your friends. Let them know that you're watching and worshiping with K Chapel right now online live stream. And we invite all of you to open your hearts, to open your spirits, to open your ears and open your minds, to hear afresh what the spirit of the living God has to say to you on this morning. Now, I already know, I already know the rain came down and it was, it was hard and it was heavy. Right here, it seems to have lifted a little bit. I don't know if it's still raining where you are, but it, you know, it's weather like this where grandmama used to say, y'all get somewhere and sit down. Be quiet and let God do his business. I do believe that there is a moment of quiet stillness required even in worship to hear from the Spirit of God, to hear what the Lord has to say to us. Won't you invite him in this moment? quiet prayer. Let us pray together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Even in the rain, you're good. Thank you that no storm lasts forever. Thank you, God, that you anchor us. You hold us when the winds of life blow. You cover us when the rains beat upon us. Thank you, Lord, for even in the storm, speaking peace to our hearts. Someone's in a storm right now. But God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power. And we thank you for the promise. That even if we go through the flood waters, that they will not overtake us. Thank you for your promise that you would never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you for your promise that weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. And because joy is coming, we can dare say, Lord, you're good. We bless you this morning. We thank you this morning. We glorify you this morning. Mm. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Now, oh God, as we enter into this worship experience, We've come now to bless you. We've come now to praise you. We've come now to worship you. And God, even though there is yet dampness on our face, not from the rain, but perhaps from the tears we've shed last night, we've come this morning to say you are good. And so we're going to give you thanks. We're going to bless you. We're going to worship you. Because Lord, you are good. You're so good. And we worship you now. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. We invite you this morning to clap your hands, to open your mouth, to sing praises unto the Lord our God and give him thanks 
because he is good. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. serve. He is good. Yes, he is good. Can I tell y'all how good he is this morning? Listen, he is so good. I got a message this morning that mother uh, and brother Mixon, Dorsey and Luberta Mixon are celebrating their 75th wedding anniversary. They've been married for 75 years, y'all. Amen. And they are 93 years old. That's how good the Lord is, blessing them with 75 years of holy matrimony. And so if you can go ahead in the in the chat line, go ahead and wish them a happy anniversary. If you can give them a call at some time during the week and wish them a happy anniversary. God is so good and he is so great. 75 years. Amen. And they're 93 years old. Listen, while we're talking about birthdays, why don't we go ahead and wish our January birthday ba- babies a happy birthday? We didn't do that on last Sunday, so let's go ahead and wish them a happy birthday. All of our January babies, happy birthday.
and amen. God bless you. God keep you is our prayer. Listen, uh, we want you to keep members of our church family in prayer and in your mind. Certainly there's so much going on. Uh, it seems like so, so many are, are troubled with uh, loss of loved ones. Uh, so many are in hospitals right now. And so we ask that you keep our church members, our brothers and our sisters, uh, in your thoughts, in your minds, and in your prayers. Certainly, uh, we ask that you continue to be in prayer for the Porter family. Uh, we have the funeral for Stella uh, Porter Jones on last week, and we ask that you keep them in your prayers, uh, brother and sister Porter. Also, uh, we ask that uh, you keep some of our bereaved families who will be uh, burying their loved ones this week, particularly Sister Rosalind Sylvester, who lost her husband, uh, Brother Ed Sylvester, on last week. Uh, that funeral will be tomorrow. It's a graveside service uh, located at the Greenwood Chapel uh, United Methodist Church Cemetery in Carthage, Mississippi. Uh, that service will begin tomorrow at 11 a.m., uh, 11 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, also, there will be, let's see, today... Uh, there will be visitation at the Willis and Son Funeral Home. That's located at 5235 the Robinson Road Extension. That's in South Jackson uh, from 3 until 5 p.m. today. 3 until 5 p.m. today will be the visitation at Willis and Son's Funeral Home, 5235 Robinson Road. And then on tomorrow, tomorrow at 11 a.m. in Carthage, Mississippi, we will have the graveside service at the Greenwood Chapel United Methodist Church Cemetery. Certainly keep Sister Sylvester in your prayers. Also, uh, Sister Mary Garner uh, lost her mother-in-law, Sister Flora Mae Garner. That funeral service uh, was held on yesterday in the chapel at the West Haven Funeral Home. Um, understand that Sister Inez Tatum, uh, one of our longtime members uh, passed away on last week in her funeral service. Uh, we don't have uh, details at this moment, uh, but when we do get those, uh, those details, we will make them available to you. Sister Linda Jones, uh, also funeral services are today. Today at 11 a.m., if I've got that right, it says today at 11 a.m. at the Jackson Memorial Funeral Home for Sister Linda uh, Jones. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We want you to also keep uh, Sister Robbie Edwards uh, in your prayers. Uh, these are uh, at hospitals. Sister Robbie Edward, Edwards and, and Brother Joe Lowry Jr., uh, better known as Jojo or Little Joe. Uh, they both are in ICU at the St. Dominic Hospital. Uh, so do keep them in your prayers as well. We also ask uh, that you... We also ask that you continue to pray for uh, Christopher, Andrew, and Darius Levine, uh, who lost their paternal grandmother, uh, Sister Lottie Henry. Uh, keep them in your prayers. And certainly, uh, I mentioned uh, Sister Jones, Sister Porter Jones, uh, keeping brother and sister Porter in your prayers, but also keep her children uh, in your prayers as well. Amen. God bless you and God keep you is our prayer. We're going to move now into our giving. We ask that you prepare your gifts and your offerings. Uh, there are any number of ways that you can give. Uh, you can text your gift to the online number that's on your screen right now. Uh, you can also give by way of the K Chapel Church app. As always, you can drop your offering off at the office. Uh, however you give, whenever you give, we invite you to do two things. Give so liberally and give so cheerfully. For the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Amen. Amen.
gift and forever giver. We bless you, O God. You prove yourself incredibly faithful in that you continue to open doors. You continue to provide for our every need. Lord, you just keep on making ways for us. And for that, we give you glory, honor, and praise. Use now these gifts that your kingdom might be advanced, that your people might be aided, and that your name might be lifted. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, I understand Mother Curry also had a birthday. I don't know if it's today or if it was this week, but happy birthday, Mother Curry, to you as well. Amen. 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 Thank God for these musicians who are ministering unto us on this morning. Uh, we're here uh, and you are there. Somebody said, uh, Reverend, it's on Sundays like today. I'm glad I didn't have to get out. Amen. Amen. I heard you. I heard you in your spirit. You didn't text it, but I heard you in your spirit. Amen. But we are here and we thank God for those who are here, our media team, uh, our musicians, our staff. We thank God for your continued dedication and commitment uh, to ministry in these difficult times. Uh, certainly our prayers are with uh, all of you. We ask that you continue to be safe. Uh, this new variant is more transmissible, but we thank God thus far appears to be perhaps a little less severe in terms of uh, the kinds of symptoms and things that people are experiencing. And so we're thankful for that. Uh, yet we need you to continue to practice with all seriousness and sincerity, all of those strategies that we have been doing thus far, uh, wearing your masks, washing your hands, practicing social distancing, all of those things continue to be in place. And, and as we gather here at K Chapel on the first and third Sundays, we continue to do just that. And in the meantime, while God is still working this out, I simply ask that you be in prayer and ask the Lord, speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, speak to this moment. Give us your holy word.
Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Speak, Lord, for we need to hear a word from thee. Speak, O God. And when you speak, we shall respond, saying, Yes, Lord, yes. In the book of 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 3, I want to read one verse, that being verse number 10, and I'm going to read from the contemporary English version, the CEV. 1 Samuel chapter 3 verse 10 simply says, The Lord then stood beside Samuel and called out as he had done before. Samuel, Samuel, I'm listening, Samuel answered. What do you want me to do? I want to preach from the subject this morning. God is calling you. God is calling you. Let me begin this sermon by saying to you up front that God has a calling upon your life. Now what you do with that calling is up to you. But hear me and hear me well, you have a calling on your life. How you respond to it is up to you. Where you go from here is up to you. What you make of that calling is up to you. But hear me, you have a calling on your life. And by calling, I'm not referring to the way we usually interpret this word, particularly in the church. When you hear the term calling, we typically associate that with preaching and pastoral ministry. But please understand that the calling of the Lord is not just for someone to stand in front of people. But most callings, in fact, are to serve among people. God does not just call preachers to preach his word, but God also calls teachers to shape minds in the classroom. He calls bankers to bring opportunity to overlooked communities. He calls doctors to bring healing to the sick. He calls lawyers to be instruments of justice. He calls artists to express human creativity through divine inspiration. He calls scientists to explore the complexities of creation. He calls politicians to serve the material needs of communities. He calls first responders to protect people from harm and danger. He calls women to be mothers and fathers to be and husbands to be fathers. All of these are callings. And God calls us his children, his disciples, to be salt and light no matter our profession. We need salt and light in all areas of the marketplace. We need salt and light in governmental and corporate spaces. We need salt and light in classrooms and courtrooms, in hospitals and hotels. We need salt and light in banks and in restaurants. We need the salt and the light of the Christian faith throughout this world. And so God calls us. Samuel's question to the Lord is quite fitting. He says, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Many a young adult have found themselves asking God that very question. 
What do you want me to do? Many college students sort their way through different programs of study, attempting to discover their unique giftings and interests and God-inspired calling, asking, Lord, what do you want me to do? Young couples recently married, finding themselves in those first five years of tension and turmoil, trying to understand each other, go to God in prayer. Lord, what do you want me to do? And if you do not seriously grapple with this question of life at some moment and earnestly seek God's direction and listen to the godly counsel of mature Christians and yield yourself to the will of God, you will spend the great majority of your life wandering aimlessly without purpose or meaning. What do you want me to do? Samuel asked. In essence, he says, Lord, speak to my heart. If you found yourself asking this question of the Lord, one thing that this text demonstrates and gives us consolation in is the fact that God does not wait until we are adults to start calling us. He doesn't wait until we've lived the bulk of our lives to call us, but God calls us and begins calling us early in life. In this text, you hear God calling Samuel while he is yet a child. Didn't wait until Samuel was good and grown. He started working on Samuel's heart early. I believe this, that God works on us early in life. We may not hear it all the time and we may push back and we may reject it, but God is calling us, God is working with us, God is doing things early in our lives. Jeremiah found out about that one day when the Lord said to him, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. In other words, Jeremiah, before you even thought of, I knew you and gave you a purpose and I was working on you when you were just being formed in your mother's womb. My brothers and sisters, if you listen and if you pray, if you take time to declutter your life, to declutter your mind, and to declutter your spirit of all of, this, all of the distractions, all of the people who are pulling at you, all of the substances that have perhaps desensitized you, all of the fleshly pursuits that are driving you, if you declutter yourself of all of those things, you will begin to hear God's voice calling you. Perhaps the reason you haven't heard it yet, or perhaps the reason it's so dull or so faint is because there are so many other things clouding God's voice. If you spend some time in this early part of 2022 decluttering, getting your priorities in order, Moving some stuff out of the way that has kept you from being your best. You will begin to see where God has already put some connecting points in place. You will begin to understand why this door was open and why that contact was already made. Things that have already always been there, you will begin to see with fresh eyes and with fresh focus how God has already been organizing your life to put you on purpose. What do you want me to do? With this skill, what do you want me to do with this talent? What, 
What do you want me to do, God, with this interest? What do you want me to do with this ability? What do you want me to do with this passion, with this insight, with this education? What do you want me to do with this opportunity? God, tell me, speak to my heart. What do you want me to do? And who better to ask that of than God himself? After all, the reality is that long before you knew the Lord, the Lord knew you. The Lord chose you, the Lord loved you, and the Lord called you. And he has been calling you. And so I want to challenge someone this morning. Someone who has not been faithful in answering your calling that God is calling you. Calling you to his purpose for your life. He is calling you to his plans and calling you to be uh, to your expected end and calling you to what he has prepared for you. God is calling you to be used by him. Listen to me. He's calling you, calling you to serve, calling you to move from the sidelines into active service. God is calling you to move from off of the fence into full-fledged commitment. He is calling you to move from a head knowledge of him to a heart conviction. He is calling you from your Sunday morning experience with him to a daily intimate relationship. He is calling you to some student, some young adult. God is calling you from mediocrity to excellence calling you from average to awesome, calling you from getting by in life to living life more abundantly. God is calling you, young disciple, young Christian. He is calling you from reading your Bible to letting the word become flesh. He is calling you, you who have been in church. He's calling you from church membership to Christian discipleship. God is calling you from salvation to sanctification. He is calling you from sitting to serving. He is calling you. God calls. If you ask him, Lord, speak to my heart. And here's some things that I want to share with you that God is calling you not just to profession. Not just to position, not just to title, but God, I believe, is calling you to a lifestyle. Four things that I'm through. God calls all of us, no matter your profession, no matter your title, no matter your standing in life, no matter your age, no matter how long you've been saved, God is calling all of us to these four things. Number one, he's calling all of us to a sanctified life, a sanctified life life. Now, you say, Reverend, I, I'm in a Baptist church. I know, but sanctification is not a denomination. Sanctification is a biblical commandment, and it is a discipling commitment, a sanctified life. If you look with me at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians reads as follows, furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, to exhort you and exhort you by the Lord Jesus that as ye have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. For ye know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Look at that. How to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter. Listen to this. The will of God for your life is sanctification. That all of us would live a sanctified life. And it's interesting that Paul hits this head on, that Paul deals with sanctification particularly and specifically in the area of sexuality. Abstain, he says, from fornication. Paul makes the point that sanctification has a direct relationship to the decisions that you make about sex. He didn't mention music. He didn't talk about movies. He didn't say anything about playing cards. He didn't say anything about that. But he did say abstain from fornication. 
God is calling each of us to possess our vessels and our physical bodies in purity and in honor. And it does not matter how old you get, God does not relax his calling for sanctification as it relates to our sexual selves. Didn't say anything about two grown consenting adults. He said, abstain from fornication. Abstain from fornication. Be sexually sanctified. Possess your vessels. Care for yourself in such a way, watch this, that you don't get caught up. That's what he's talking about. Manage your life, your body, your relationship in such a way that you don't end up getting caught up. Create boundaries that are necessary to keep you from dishonoring God's commandment and possess your vessel. Don't leave yourself exposed. Possess your vessel. Somebody said, move on, Reverend. I'm trying, but <laughs> sanctification is about our sexual lives also. God calls us secondly to serve the least among us, serving the least among us in chapter 10 of Mark's gospel. A request is made of Jesus. James and John, two brothers, come to him and they ask for preferred seating in heaven. They say to him, Lord, when you get into, come into your kingdom, uh, let us sit one at your right and one at your left. They are fighting over, watch this, seats or positions of greatness in heaven. When you come into your kingdom, watch this, we want to be known for what we've done down here. Give us some prominence. Give us some recognition. Let us be your right and left hands in heaven. And Jesus responds to them by saying this. Whoever wants to be great among you shall first be your minister. And whosoever, you, you, and whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. And right here, Jesus extends the call for those who would be his disciples to live a life serving others. Jesus inverts greatness in the kingdom and equates it not to where you sit, but rather to how you serve. It's not the seat in which you sit. It's your posture of service that makes you great in the kingdom of God. Significance is not given to us because of the seats we occupy or the positions we have or the titles that we carry. Jesus redefines greatness by saying that it is those of us who serve, those who submit themselves to a life of simplicity, those who surrender the claims of the world rather for the calling of God to sit in unremarkable seats to associate with unknown people, to be found among the unmentioned and around the afflicted. That is the definition of greatness. Too many of us are clamoring over seats and being seen. Clamoring to be viewed. Clamoring to have likes. Clamoring on Facebook, Instagram. To be seen, seen as important, seen as significant, seen as having a position, seen as having authority. And Jesus said, none of that matters if you are not serving. He says, if you want to be great, you must learn how to be a servant. Thirdly, all of us have been called to suffer with the Savior. All of us have been called to suffer with the Savior. First Peter 2 and 20 says, you don't gain anything by being punished for some wrong you have done. But God will bless you if you have to suffer for doing something good. After all, God chose you to suffer as you follow in the footsteps of Christ who set an example by suffering for you. Peter says, listen, if you've done wrong and you get punished for doing wrong, that's par for the course. You don't get any blessing from 
that kind of persecution. You, you did wrong. You were supposed to be punished. He says, but if you suffer wrongly because of your faith, if you suffer because you were standing with and for Christ, if you suffer because you took a stand for holiness and righteousness and godliness, then God will bless you for that kind of suffering. God says, I called you in fact for that kind of suffering. And the New Testament is replete with passages that teach the same. 2 Timothy 3 and 12 says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Matthew 16 and 24, then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, his cross, his cross, and follow me. That's suffering. Philippians 3 and 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. The point is this, if you are not willing to suffer for the cause of the kingdom, you are not worthy of the kingdom itself. Brothers and sisters, our faith makes us targets for the world. It comes with being a disciple of Christ. As a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, we are going to do things differently. We're going to view things differently. We're going to respond to situations differently. We're going to have different sets of values and morals and ethics. And all of this may mean, watch this, all of this may mean, young Christian, that having different morals, values, and ethics, different perspectives, all of this may mean that you get treated differently from everyone else. It means that there may be some invitations that you don't get. And that's suffering with the Savior. There may, may be some promotions for which you are overlooked. That's suffering with the Savior. There may be some circles that you are not invited to be a part of. That's suffering with the Savior. Peter raised the issue of suffering with the Lord one day. He said to him, Lord, we've left all to follow you. What shall we then have? He says, we left everything, our professions, our family, we've left everything to follow you. What's in it for us? Jesus responded in Mark 10, saying, mark my words, and this is from the message translation. Mark my words, Mark 10, verses 29 through 31. Jesus said, mark my words, no one who sacrifices house, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, land, whatever, because of me and the message will lose out. They'll get it all back. Say that another way simply says, it pays to serve Jesus. Jesus says, whatever you miss out on on the front end, he says, I'm going to give it to you on the back end. It pays to serve Jesus. Whatever you have to give up, the Lord will give back to you. Whatever you're not a part of, God will make you a part of something greater. It pays to serve Jesus. But it might require some suffering along the way. Lastly, God calls all of us to a posture of repentance. A posture of repentance. Ezekiel 18 and 32 says, For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Lord. So turn and live. Listen to that. Turn and live. Read that again. I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Lord God. So turn and live. God says, I don't delight in anyone losing their life. I have no pleasure in anyone's life coming to a tragic end. He says, so turn and live. God calls us then to a posture of repentance where we turn our lives around. Turn, repent, do life differently, go a different direction. 
in this new year. Turn and live. Remember the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So turn and live. God is calling all of us to assume a posture of repentance. There are sins that you have committed sins perhaps that you are yet committing from which you need to turn and live. There are behaviors that you are practicing from which you need to turn and live. Let me talk to my young students for just a moment. There are some bad habits that you've picked up along the way. You need to turn and live. Young adults, there's some lifestyles that, that you've been watching on TV and you've decided to try to adopt and figure out if you can live that way and it's time for you to turn and live. Because the life that you've been attempting to live is not the life that God has expected for you. Turn and live. Turn and experience life more abundantly. Turn to God. Turn to his word. Turn to his will. Turn to the spirit of the almighty. Because God is calling you. Speak. For your servant is listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. Give you his peace. This second Sunday of 2022, I want to extend an invitation to you. Perhaps you weren't unable to get last week's live stream. And this, so this is the first Sunday you've had to connect with us here. And so I want to do for you. Perhaps what you were looking and hoping to do last Sunday. To start this new year. A new way. To turn and live. To experience the life that God has for you. Because God is calling you. God is calling you to. To experience life at a new dimension. God is calling you to a deeper depth of devotion. God is calling you. And if you're ready to answer that call. I invite you to pray this prayer with me this morning. Simply say these words. Father. In the name of Jesus, this morning I'm answering your call. I hear your voice and I'm opening my heart. Come into my life as I turn and live for you. I believe Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe he died on a cross and he rose again from the dead and even if I don't understand it all I accept it all thank you God for new life in you 
now help me by your spirit to live for you the rest of the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome to salvation. Salvation is a wonderful gift that once given, it can never be taken away from you. That's the beautiful thing. That God gives us this gift and he doesn't take it back. But by his grace, he seals us until the day of redemption. My brothers and my sisters, if you prayed that prayer, I invite you to call the number that's on your screen right now. There's someone who's waiting to speak with you and pray further with you and give you instructions and in how to live out this new faith share with you more than you can do and how you can even connect with us here at KHL. We'd love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. I'd love to be your pastor. So won't you call the number that's on your screen right now. Somebody's waiting to talk to you. Through it all, hallelujah, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I learned to depend on His word. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of His Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father and of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Bye.